Alright my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast, we are getting better for 2023. Today, four things you need to do to make your practice better, to take that focus you had from last week, take it to the next level. Little brief office talk, closing thought of the episode, this is the Ultimate OD Podcast, here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the Ultimate OD Podcast, building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. Hi, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. I hope everyone out there is doing awesome. We, uh, we're going forward. We are going to be better in 2023. Every single one of you guys listening to this podcast you're listening to a podcast about optometry in your free time. Either you're a student, you really don't like your life, or you love optometry and you're going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm going with number three. You love optometry, you're going to be awesome. Let's make this happen. So I have a lot to say today. I'm excited about this one. I have a lot of energy. Just hold on. You're going to love it. Last week we talked about what we're going to do in 2023. You found one, two, maybe three focuses. Remember, if you pick three, I think it's too many. One to two focuses of what you want to do in 2023. All right. We had to do this to kind of set our course. Where are you going to be putting your time, effort, and energy in the next year? Okay. So this is my favorite time because I love the planning. Remember, this is being the CEO of your practice. Where are you going to go? Where's the vision? All right. This roadmap is going to guide you. So you've picked one to three. You've thought about it. You thought about how you're going to be different. You have a little mantra, a little tagline. This is what you're going to do. You're going to ingrain this in everything that you do. All your staff does. Let's go in a little bit more in depth how we make those focuses better. Okay. So you pick those one to three things. Let's look at four categories here, okay? And this is this is going to be more reflection right now, okay? So the four categories are, what did we do that was above standard? What did we do that was below? What can be eliminated? And what do you want to do more of, okay? What has to be created? So number one, above standard. This is very, very important that you can take a step back and recognize this, okay? I don't think we're very good at it, all right? We often look at what, you know, what we're not doing. Hey, they're doing this. They do dry eye. They do sclerals. Corporate optometry, you know, they just undercut our price. We focus on that a lot of the time and like, hey, how can we do this? How can we compete? But we don't look at the things that set us apart, what make us better, what we are good at, okay? We need to find these things and double down on them, all right? Part of the reason that we kind of aren't good at it is we suck at knowing what we're doing well. We think that we're probably better at a lot of things than that we're not that much better at, like in terms of actually the optometric exam, all right? Everyone given an exam that's a doctor, for the most part, I think is pretty stinking good, all right? You can give a lot of crap to some of those corporate optometrists, the environment they're in, they're just refractionists, etc. I think they're good doctors. Like the ones I've been around, they refer the people out that need to be referred out. Okay. Now, is it a good doctor if you're not doing what's in the full scope of your practice of what you can do? 
that's for them to decide, you to decide, but they're doing what they need to. They're identifying the, you know, glaucoma patient. They see the cataract. They know if a patient has a lot of astigmatism, etc. Are they getting them in the right hands? My experience, we have good doctors around me, so that's good. But are we good at customer service? Everyone likes to think they're above standard. Are we good at um, our selection optical? Are we good at selling frames? Are we good at fitting contact lenses and multifocal lenses? Communicating with patients? You know, are we state-of-the-art technology-wise? Or are we, we still, you know, have the uh, 20-foot exam lane with a projection VA chart, right? Think about those things. What are you good at? Now, in addition to knowing what you're good at, are you conveying that? Are you doubling down on it? Are you putting all your chips in in that regard? Say you're the one exception. You are the smartest doctor known to man. You're a genius. You know everything more than you know, everyone around you. And you really are surrounded by idiots. Are you able to convey that to the patients that you're that much smarter than everyone else? Or are you just doing the exam and kind of going from there, right? Think about it. You have to be able to let people know what you're doing or do it so well that it is that obvious. All right. My office. What do we do well? I'm just going to use me as an example that I, I think. I think we are very good at being efficient and on time. All right. Every eye care office I've ever worked at is behind schedule at some point during the day. I, when I interview staff members, I talk to my staff. I cannot remember a time that we've been behind schedule. Okay. And I say that with all sincerity. We If a patient has an exam at 10 o'clock, they will be seen within 10 minutes and I'll be with them uh, by 15 minutes after 10 to a T. Exams, even if I'm dilating full comprehensive, you know, 30 minutes, 35 maybe, but they're in, they're out. We are very efficient. We are a well-oiled machine. Okay. We do that well. I feel our optical is above average. We have a lot of people that come in from outside offices, say we have a good selection. I've pared down a lot of my frames, so we are as efficient as we can. I always go through at the end of the year, I'm like, hey, what can we cut? I've already pared down a ton. So I'm very good at, you know, being efficient, respecting the patient's time. We're good at optical. We're getting better with technology, okay? So we have online appointments, online bill pay, texting, or in office equipment, we have an OCTA, uh, IPL, low-level light therapy, topographer, visual field. We have a axial biometer for myopia manager. We have the equipment, all right? I think the experience, what we do, the experience that we create for our patients is above average. Now, is it is it as good as it can be? No, but these are the things that I look back and I look at my office and I say, these are things that we got to do more of. Okay, stay efficient, stay on time. Make sure that optical still is above average. I'm trying to get away from optical. I want to be more medically oriented, but that doesn't mean you get rid of, you know, 60% of your business. Like it's a well-oiled machine, keep the engine going as long as it can, right? And then that technology aspect, how do we maximize that technology? Okay, those are things that I'm above, above average, above, above standard, right? What are you doing that's below standard? Again, hard. Why? Not only do we have trouble knowing what we're actually better at, I think we are very bad 
at giving us ourselves an honest evaluation of what we could do better or what we're below average at. Okay. Sometimes I think we know, but we justify it, right? Hey, it just won't work with our patients. My patients, you don't know my patients. They won't pay for that. I don't. I'd love to do it. I have the knowledge. I want to do it. My staff just won't buy in. You know, I don't have the staff to actually do that. They're just not good enough. Have you seen the job market right now? I can't hire for the life of me, right? Let alone adding something new where I need more staff to Pensy. Not going to happen. Or, you know, I have the staff. I have the expertise. I just don't have the space. Where am I going to put these things, right? This applies in so many areas, so many things that this, this, this applies to us, right? But this applies to so many different areas. We all have done it, but I really think it goes back to, this is the way we've always done it. And this is what we're going to keep on doing. Hey, you know, we're not as good as we want, but we're not bad. What if I make a, what if I make a big change and it, it's worse? Well, no, you do. You fix it. Then you go back to the way it was not hard, but we're afraid to rock the boat, we love to feel all you know warm and fuzzy inside, uh, secure. We know what to expect, right? Optical. Five years ago, completely, it was we were doing good. Thought it was a good thing. Completely revamped everything I did. Revamped the entire frame selection, how it was presented. Retrained the staff on everything. All right, gutsy move when you you think you have a strong optical, but it's better now, right? This year, we have a strong optical. I, I told you, that's one of my strengths, I believe. Having trouble finding staff. Hard to train this new staff to be an optician. Revamped it once again. I felt like it wasn't cookie cutter, right? If it's so hard that only a select few can do it, you're never going to scale. You're never going to grow because it they own you, right? Well, if I can simplify it, Make it easy. I can just take someone in off the street. Within two weeks, they can go into optical. That makes me a better business, right? So I, I revamped it again, right? These are things that I, I was doing pretty well, but I felt they could be better, all right? Now, let, let me give you some other things. My exam schedule, okay? I, I thought it was a pretty good exam schedule, but over the past year, going through COVID and then coming out of COVID, I, I did over a million first time ever last year. Going to do it again this year. We were becoming a volume practice. All right. Very reliant on managed care. That is a huge weakness. Right. You know, talk about a death sentence that you're relying on volume in managed care. where are going to just keep reducing your reimbursement rates. And you're now competing as a commodity with corporate entities, online entities. That is a vicious, vicious arena to be in, right? Saw that, revamped the schedule. I literally cut my schedule down, right? I'm not seeing nearly as many patients, but I'm seeing, uh, I'm spending more time with the patient doing more medical. Dry eye, uh, glaucoma, macular degeneration, utilizing the the technology that I've invested in and making it better. This took some convincing on my end. I mean, sometimes it, a little bit there was easy because I, I had a shortage of staff, so I had to cut back. But then I saw the results. I had more time to give patient education. I felt more refreshed. I had more energy. I felt like I was being a better doctor, giving her a better exam. Shoot, 
This is good. I can sign on to that. But it's recognizing a weakness and then doing something about it, right? Medical. I felt I was referring too many patients. Before I had the OCT, if I saw a glaucoma suspect, I had a visual field. But really, you're going to do a visual field when OCT is kind of the standard of care now? Referred it out. Uh, anything that dry eye, I'm like, yeah, I'll just refer that out. All I do is drops anyways. I don't want to deal with those patients. I referred out too many things. Something switched when I realized I was uh, relying too much on that managed care, you know, monster. I got to fix this. I got to keep more things in house. Okay. So increase my medical. Also, investing in the wrong stuff. Another thing I think I did a poor job of initially. Now, I told you all the equipment that I had. Technology-wise, I'm good. But the axial biometer, yeah, I invested in that. But then I found out I didn't like myopia management as much as I thought I would. Well, that's kind of a one piece of equipment that can't do multiple things. That sucks. The topographer I have, you know, it's nice when I do ortho-K, but I'm not doing a lot of that. With sclerals, I really don't feel it's necessary. Okay. I, you can you can fit sclerosis without a practice very easily, okay? So I have two pieces of equipment that cost about 25k together, and they do one specific thing. That's not a great investment in technology. The uh, visual field I have does my photos as well. Awesome. The OCT I use that for interior seg OCT. Uh, does pachymetry, you know OCTA. It's multidimensional. That's good investment in my mind. What can you buy that can do multiple things? The more pieces of equipment that are more versatile, better investment. Frame lines. You know, early on when I was very managed care oriented, I spent a lot of money adding new frame lines to the office. Great. Was that really going to attract a different clientele? Not really. I was seeing the same patients. But my... Overhead was now higher and money that I could be putting into, you know, growing the business or expanding my technology was going towards frame lines. So how are you investing your, your money? Okay. And then the last thing I will say that I think is a huge weakness for me, and I'm, I'm giving you perspective. You guys have to do this for yourself, but I think if you hear me doing this, some of these things are going to resonate with you, but trying to be everything to everyone. All right. You cannot be everything to everyone. The moment you do that, you become a commodity, and the thing that you're going to compete on is price. You're not going to win that battle, okay? You cannot be everything to everyone. Tune in next week. We have a very good episode on making that more specific, okay? So we looked at what you did well, what's above standard, double down on that. We looked at what you're below standard on. Why are you below standard? What can you do about it? How are you going to fix it? All right, next thing. What in your business can be eliminated and not affect the experience of getting an exam with you or your bottom line? This is where we have to get past the old mantra of this is the way we've always done it. All right, this is what's holding you back. You've always done it this way, so we're not going to change anything. We always fall into this trap of thinking that we're special. All right, you're not that special. Mrs. Johnson comes to my office because I always do X, Y, or Z. You know what? Mrs. Johnson probably comes because you're the only one that takes her insurance or you take her insurance or, you know, her daughter comes here, right? You're not, they're not coming for the reasons you think. There's things that you can eliminate that 
will make your office more efficient, make your staff have less of a workload, and it's not going to change the, from a patient perspective anything that they think about your office. Let me give you an example. When we used to dispense progressives, we would dot the pupil, you know, the seg height. Why? Because one time uh, we dispensed a progressive and it was way off. And what happened was the nose pads got really spread out. So the seg was just way off from the get-go. I'm like, if we would have had the pupils dotted, we would have known that. You wouldn't have been out there for a week or two thinking that we had a crappy pair of glasses. So we did that. That was a lot of work, right? It made dispensing twice as hard because they'd have to put it on there. They'd have to check. Once they check, they have to go wipe it off and then ask the patient to look. Well, the patient then was like, well, it wasn't exactly where my pupil was. Or, you know, they started second guessing it because they saw where the dot was. They knew where it was. And then they come back. We had more people thinking they needed to have remakes because, well, those dots weren't in the right place. When they dispensed them that. So what did we do? We tried to make our office better. And we actually made it worse. We're causing more patient confusion, more work for the staff. And half the time, we never adjusted the dots. We never adjusted anything. It was work for work's sake. All right? What are you doing in your office that is work for work's sake? Right now, we have an issue with opticians in my office. They don't know insurances. So we go through and we highlight every insurance. Okay? Do you know how many hours we're spending on highlighting insurances for people that may or may not go into optical? For patients or for staff members that half the half the opticians can do it, the other half can't. And really, could they figure it out without it being highlighted? I don't know, maybe. But why are we doing this? Is it necessary? This is something I have to I have to sit down and look at in depth with my office managers and be like, is this serving a purpose or is this comfort food? Does this something that we do because it makes us feel good about ourselves. Is it affecting the patient experience? Because guess what? We're still missing copays. We're still charging the wrong thing. Is it worse if we don't highlight it or is it better? I don't know. But these are things that I, I go through my head and wonder, can we eliminate those? All right. We used to have an open schedule. Okay. So when we were scheduling patients, we could have uh, anything and everything just fill the day. That was the most important thing. Well, you know what started happening when we got bigger and busier? We'd have families that would schedule, you know, four, five, five, five people at the same time, right? Awesome. We got a whole family in there. And then you know what happened? They'd cancel last minute. Now we have half the day not there. You know how frustrating that is? You, you're going to pay your staff regardless. You have the overhead and now they cancel on you. And then what are you going to tell them? Hey, well, you know. We can't schedule all you at this time because you do this. Now you're, are they going to come back at all? It just, that sucks. So we changed that. We also used to schedule, like, have days where 50% of the day, 75% of the day, were kids 12 and under. Now, no problem seeing kids. We have to do it. You know, they get glasses here and there. But the majority of the kids that were coming in, nothing. Not big spenders. So I'd have a whole day full, but we do, like, Maybe we'd be lucky to have like a thousand dollars out of pocket cost for the staff or for for patients, right? You know, on good days when we have like a full day, we'll get five, six, seven thousand dollar days. Is that efficient to schedule all those kids on the same day? I don't think so, right? So we changed how we schedule. 
and that made us more efficient. The business has less low end days. Now, are we catering to kids and families? Not as much, but is that my target market? That's something, is that your focus, right? We'll get to that in the next episode too. We're going to talk about choosing your avatar, who you're marketing to, who you're setting up your office for. But what is a weakness in your in your office flow, office setting that you can eliminate and the patients won't know, all right? Think about your focus. Remember what you're trying to do. How can you take the things you're doing well and use those to make that focus better? How can you take your weaknesses, adjust those to help you get that new focus in 2023? What are you going to eliminate from what you're doing now that will help you be more efficient, more effective, give a better patient experience, or the same patient experience with less work? Think about that. Last thing, and this goes back to what we talked about last episode right? What's your focus? How do you differentiate? What's your mantra? What do you need to create in your office? What do you need to do more of? This is like taking the things you do well and putting them on steroids. Okay. There are things that need to be created. You want to start a dry eye practice. You have to educate your staff about dry eye. You need to have better internal marketing for dry eye. These are the things that you go to a conference for You listen to it. You hear like two or three lectures on this. You're very excited. You're ready to go. You get back to the office. You don't implement. No, no. Now you're going to implement them. All right. All these great ideas need to become your norm. What are you trying to maximize? Is it technology? All right. Utilize it more. How are you going to utilize that more? Well, you said it yourself. You have a great patient communication system. You are forefront of marketing. Well, make sure your marketing's getting that technology message out there, right? If you have a great, you know, customer experience, what can you do that's high end? Can you make yourself a little bit more luxury, high end frames, high end experience? Like you add ocular aesthetics to your practice. You're great at creating experience. You can do this because you're already naturally doing that with what you do. Create that ocular aesthetics VIP experience. What do you want to do? What do you want to create? Okay. Now realize you're going to try to create some things that aren't going to work out. I I talk about this over and over again. I tried to create a myopia management practice. You know what happened? I had everything. I had a, a like perfect presentation. I was ready to go. I had internal marketing. I had all my pamphlets made up. And then I didn't like talking to the parents about it it seemed a little hocus pocus when they were looking at me like I was, you know, had a third head growing out of my, or a second head growing out of my neck, right? It seemed weird to them. Well, why can't you just get glasses? That's what I've done. Because I created that process, as I've added sclerals, as I'm adding dry eye, it's all easier. So don't worry about being perfect and hitting a home run. If you go through the process, you try to create something, It may not be the thing that you're doing right now, but it's going to help you, you know, one, two, three, four months down the road because you did the work. So it's not for not. Make sure it happens. All right. Next episode, we're going to talk about how to maximize these things in your office, create your avatar and how you create things for that person. Okay. Tune in. We'll have more for you next week. All right, my friends, a little office talk. So 
we're adding a lot more medical optometry, but we still have an optical that does a lot of our business, right? So what is that creating in my office? Well, it's a separation between my clinical staff and my optical staff. That's fine. That's good. They all have a core foundation of what they do and do not do. Okay. So everyone can answer a phone. Uh, my optical staff does more of the check-ins of frames, you know, contact lenses, etc. My clinical staff doing more of my advanced testing, OCT, visual fields, helping me with procedures, doing my workups. There's that middle where we all combine, but they're going that separate route. I like it, but I don't like it. I get a little worried that if we get too separated, then how do I motivate them? Well, again, that's a me problem. If I have the right managers in place, this will take care of itself, right? This is where I need to delegate more and trust my staff. Trust my managers at least, right? Now, also by doing this, it's allowing me to focus on the things that matter. I've said this time and time again, my optical is pretty dialed in. There's not a lot of changes I'm going to do that are going to be groundbreaking, okay? My clinical side of the office needs a lot of work. I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of things I want to do. By doing this, it's giving me a chance to do that, but I have to trust the process, all right? Why am I saying this to you? Because even though I talk to you about this every week, I still go through the same battles that you do, right? We all think, or we all could do it better than our staff, but if we were doing all those things, what are the things that we're neglecting? Well, the high-level things that they can't do. Being the CEO, the leader of your practice, you know, steering the ship, you have to delegate the low-level things. Working on it, harder than I thought, kind of. I'm getting better. One of the things that's made it easier is I really don't like, I, I, I like the medical side. I like the direction we're going. It excites me. So I'm putting my time and energy where I, where I want to spend my day. We'll see how it goes. I'll keep you updated. We'll have more for you next week. Where, oh, where has the time gone? We're to the closing thought of the episode. And my daughter, the six-year-old, my oldest daughter at least, uh, gave me a little inspiration. And I was talking to her. You guys all know how uh, peristalsis works, right? You drink water and the muscles are going to bring it down to your your gut. In high school biology class, uh, my biology teacher said, hey, if you stand on your head, is the water going to go to your stomach and go to your head? You know, and at the time, you didn't know. Half the class was like, yes. Other half was no. So I'm like, I'm going to stump my, my six-year-old. Asked her the question, and she said, well, it's going to go to your stomach, Dad. Oh, well, why is that? And she goes, God can do crazy things. And not that, you know, getting out of that, God can do crazy things. I do believe that, absolutely. But think about the limits we put on ourselves every day. Right? She is free wheeling, like God can do crazy things. She's not afraid to try something new. Like she hasn't put a limit on herself. How many things do you think about that you want to start and like, oh, you think about all the reasons it can't? You never think about the reasons it can, or you know, you are just as talented as the doctors that you see on all the podcasts that are giving lectures, that are doing all the things that you want to, the you know, Carpeckis, the you know, Dunbars, Carly Rose. Think about all these other doctors. 
they're just as educated as you. They've had just as many, you know, opportunities as you. They just handle them differently, right? We can do amazing things if we don't put limits on ourselves and we say, hey, it can happen. Let's not even question. Let's just go for it. So let that inspire you. Let it, you know, resonate. Think about that. You're going to need it for next week. That's what I have for you. Dr. Lily out. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.